This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. G'day, welcome aboard the Thunderbird Zero G. I'm Rob Jan. And Megan McHugh. And here we are on Free Triple R FM for episode number 1230. Ooh, that's almost numerically mm. important. <laughs> Titled The Doppelgangs Are Here. Our podcast title is Pod and Peel. <laughs> Which I don't actually mean, no, have any idea why it shows that. <laughs> that was Barry Gray's Thunderbirds. What fanfare yeah. to open the show. I, that felt so, you know. Yeah, so uplifting. Yeah, very much. And sadly, we have to kill the mood right away because we played that in memoriam of Shane Rimmer, Canadian actor and particularly a voice actor, also a screenwriter as well, who's just passed away. And he was the voice of Scott Tracy in the Jerry Anderson show, Thunderbirds, amongst many others, actually. Uh, he had a, a career that um, pulled him out of uh, Toronto, Canada. And when he was there, he was working on... <laughs> let's go say he's so old that he was working on the Murdoch Mysteries. No, he wasn't. He... Um, had a singing career in uh, cabaret and Canadian radio and television. Had his own show there called uh, Come Fly With Me and he was hosting and singing that says, in a, a variety sort of type show. And um, the director, Richard Lester, brought him over to the UK to appear as a singer in a special with Cleo Lane called After Hours. So after uh, all of this, he... Um, basically become a bit of a well I call him a star you don't get much more star born than being a thunderbird he was the voice of Scott Tracy from 1965 to 1966 and actually even returned to it later in 2010 he had a bit of a career renaissance uh, as the fans sort of reached back to him and, and uh, had him appear in a 15-minute fan movie called Thunderbirds 2010. But he was also a writer and, and in fact, um, uh, put pen to paper for the Thunderbirds uh, penultimate episode, uh, Ricochet. Uh, somebody else penned the script, but he was the guy with the story for that one. Uh, he has also also appeared in a great number of movies from Doctor Strangelove through to Rollerball, uh, the Spy Who Loved Me, Gandhi, Out of Africa, uh, Batman Begins, <laughs> and um, The Bedford Incident, which is one of my favourite uh, nuclear apocalypse uh, movies. He was in Star Wars, um, uncredited as a rebel, rebel fighter technician. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a couple of those um, Doug McClure, uh, um, Edgar Rice Burroughs, Land That Time Forgot sort of movies, The People That Time Forgot and... Warlords of Atlantis back in the 70s. He was in Superman 1, 2 and 3 in uh, bit parts as different people, different oh, characters. Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of, he had like this, um, um, uh, you know, uh, transatlantic accent that was much sought after in the UK at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, and him and Ed Bishop from UFO and um, 2001 often ended up in the same sort of right. sh- movies. Uh, he, they called themselves the Renter Yanks. <laughs> Even though they, he wasn't he wasn't American, uh, he also did scripts and voices for other Jerry Anderson productions: Captain Scarlet, uh, Joe Ninety, The Secret Service, um, 
he was in episodes of the live action UFO show, uh, did voices for Space 1999, The Protector. He was in so many of these things, like a hundred movies and TV shows. He did get a, a gig in Doctor Who once in the 1966 serial The Gunfighters. Uh, he was on the, you know, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that on Doctor Who and also <laughs> in Coronation Street. Ah. You know, you know oh, pinnacle of uh, British television there. And um, so many other things, including playing, um, this, this kind of amused me, uh, in 2015. So working quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, he played a character called Anderson in uh, a science fiction short film called Dark Wave, Edge of the Storm, that came out free online. He was... Um, uh, he has left behind uh, at age eighty nine. He's left behind him uh, his widow Sheila Rimmer and their sons and grandchildren. Uh, so quite sad to hear the the the, uh, the death of um, Shane Rimmer. Um, basically, uh, Scott Tracy. It's not a bad thing to be remembered for, really. Yeah. Uh, and and I think and I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure about the next track. Mind you, that could apply to <laughs> many zero G tracks, but it is sung by Shane Rimmer. Uh, it seems to be the same actor because he was a singer. Um, it's come out in the uh, like nineteen, you know, fifties, sixties, that sort of thing. Actually, you can tell that from the track. Uh, and it's all. It, it's kind of now. It plays a little bit creepy. But I can make it even creepier because if you think of a thunderbird actually thinking about this and sort of walking along with the strings up. <laughs> so it's um, Shane Rimmer from an album called Dreams of Love, which has a lot of celebrity, celebrity singers on it. Uh, it's called I Want to Walk You Home. This is Neil Gaiman. It's well past 2000 AD, but Tharg still listens to Zero G. Yeah, Shane Rimmer there. We think it's the voice of Scott Tracy. Uh, the, the picture on the album looks the same. <laughs> uh, I want to walk you home like a puppet, obviously. Uh, dreams of love. And, uh, yeah, on to, um, I don't know if it's a more cheerful topic, but it is actually a sitcom. Uh, Santa Clarita Diet has its third season dropped on Netflix. I have um, made a... Devoured it. Devoured it, yeah. <laughs> gotten down and rummaged around in the guts of it a bit. Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant doing comedy uh, and doing it very well. The thing that impressed me about this Zomcom, Zom Romcom actually, because mm. it's about uh, Drew Mar- Barrymore's character uh, Sheila. She's a, a realtor in Santa Clarita and her husband Joel is also a realtor but Sheila has a secret. She's a zombie. She got bit. Long story cut short. Mm. <laughs> and um, basically, this is a zombie procedural story that functions as a sitcom. Now, you're not that far away from iZombie in some respects. Okay. Because there's a lot of procedural. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, but actually, the aspect of iZombie that um, it does remind me of is that uh, the character in that was always trying to put out the fire of a potential zombie apocalypse. Mm. You know, if this got, too, got out and spread too far... They'd be in a world of uh, I, Zombie or The Walking Dead. Uh, and that actually is the same sort of thing in this one too. They're always putting out little spot fires of somebody is a zombie and they want to turn somebody, uh, you know. And that's sort of building up after, after three, two seasons. It's ramped up a bit. Okay. Uh, it is also a layered look at marriage under difficult circumstances. <laughs> 
and I really like that. I mean, they've they've embraced that whole sitcom trope, you know, and it's like uh, they've really gone into that in this. Uh, and in this one, they've um, they've got a new sort of wrinkle in it. Uh, not only is Sheila undead, but they've now discovered that she is potentially immortal. Oh. But her husband's just immortal. Oh, no. So what are they going to do? Well, there's a solution. She can bite him. Oh, and very Angel and Buffy Yeah, flashback. there's this whole thing running through this season. Uh, of course, Nathan Fillion's disembodied head is back. Yay! As, as Gary, the dead real estate agent. <laughs> I love him. Uh, he's actually been brought into the into the stable now. I mean, they used to have him. Well, they didn't actually have a stable. It's not um, Mr. Ed, but they put, put him in, installed him in the basement as their um, as their uh, IT and uh, marketing head. <laughs> basically, they've given him. They've given the poor him. Thing. They've given him a headset. And he can talk to uh, Siri in the house, and, and <laughs> he's great. He's actually does all the telemarketing and stuff. If anyone can pull it off, it is. Uh, it's a bit worse for wear by now, though. Uh, anyway, the um, part of the the story is that there's a lot of people chasing after these these two. Um, although the police have been neutralised um, after one of their uh, officers thought that Sheila was a messenger of God and started <laughs> worshipping her. And this is there's kind of a whole cult that's sprung up around that. Oh, okay. You know, so. <laughs> then there are the Knights of Serbia who are after any undead in the United States because this plague is uh, a medieval one that, okay. c- that can spread. So there's this whole order of, of knights who just want to chop the head off of the zombies and not in a good way uh the fbi is after um joel and sheila's uh, kids or, or sorry their uh, their daughter mm-hmm. um played by liv hewson and um her her sort of not boyfriend um eric so it's <laughs> abby and eric and uh, skylo gisondo plays eric and they're a beautiful piece of work too with this this um odd storyline of their own which is not necessarily zombie related right but which spalls out from the fact that uh you know the uh the maternal unit actually is a zombie so there's a lot of bad shit that sh- that abby has seen yeah and this has influenced her okay you know so there's some things going on there uh, there's also the uh, the rival realtors who are an absolutely obnoxious power couple. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's Spider Ball or Mr Ball as they call it, which is like a um, a meatball with spider legs. What? Which is the originator of the plague? Oh, this show <laughs> sounds very weird. It is extremely weird. Uh, then, of course, there are the Nazis, who are um, the prey of Sheila. She's mm-hmm, decided mm-hmm. that she can uh, easily munch upon them as um, as ba- being basically uh, single, unmarried Hitlers. A guilt-free snack. Yes, uh, and that um, and violent misogynists as well. They they Perfect. turn up on delicious. The menu. Yeah. <laughs> so the, one one other aspect of this um, that you know, there's just so many throwaway lines in this and the. And the uh, interactions between all the characters are great. The acting is good. The dialogue's arch. Um, the double takes mm. are, are literally to undie for. Um, and then there's this line like this uh, where um, Sheila said, uh, Oh, I hope he smokes, she says of one Nazi victim. Um, smokers' throats taste like Texas barbecue. <laughs> you know? like, that is wildly disgusting. But it <laughs> curiously makes sense. 
<laughs> so anyway. All right, so that's Santa Clarita Diet. The third season now dropped on Gosh. Netflix. Um, obviously, you wouldn't want to watch it from the third season. Go back and... And that's the beauty of any of these streaming services, if they've got the you whole can, thing. Yeah. Yeah, you can, yeah. You'd be sorted for Yeah. Uh, I'm not actually sure how many episodes are. Up to episode seven, there's more. <laughs> so here we go. All right. Now, uh, I want to play another track here, um, uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, and this is by um, Mike Circadian from um, a single called Captain Marvel. So this is his little particular tribute um, to... Uh, Carol Danvers, not to Shazam. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can we talk about that after this break? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is Kim Stanley Robinson, author of Red Mars, Green Mars, and Blue Mars. You're listening to Zero G on 3 Triple R. Yeah, that was Mike Circadian, who certainly does have rhythm, and a track called Captain Marvel, his little uh, tribute to Carol Danvers. Here's something that'll blow your mind out there in Zero G land Carol Danvers. Do you know who else is called Danvers? Kara Danvers. That's Kara Zorel, Superman's cousin. Ah. Supergirl. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Yeah, interesting. A meeting there of uh, powers. I used to love the movie Supergirl. I had that on tape and I used to watch it over and over and over. I'm far more familiar with that old Supergirl movie than I am with any of the Superman Helen films. Slater. Yeah, it was so... And then when she's in that prism and she gets stuck and they fling her into the... Did you know that... Uh, who else is in that? Um, Peter O'Toole and Brenda Vaccaro. Yes. God, yep. I, I imagine being able to remember that. <laughs> Why I, should I remember that? I mean, yeah, and that was definitely... Um, Gosh, I didn't rewatch that. <laughs> you know that Helen Slater... Faye Dunaway was in that too. Yes, she was. She was the villainess. I think so, yeah. Um, or was she, Yeah, yeah Brenda Vaccaro was her sidekick. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure Faye Dunaway was the evil yes, one. Yes, she was the evil yes, one. Yes, Selena. Uh, the Helen Slater plays, I think, uh, Mrs. Danvers the adopted parent of um, Supergirl in the Supergirl series. Oh, cool. And Dean Cain plays Mr. Danvers. Oh, let's not talk about Dean Cain right now. No, let's not talk He's about Dean Cain. He's gone weird. I don't want to engage with him anymore. What, I'm just going to have to wipe that from my mind so I can still enjoy new adventures of Superman. Perhaps some kryptonite has influenced him. Oh, I hope like so. Like uh, MAGA kryptonite. There's no you know. excuse for that. <laughs> MAGA kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> it's red. Yes. <laughs> Yes, where's a cap? <laughs> Actually, no, it's probably a bizarro world, you know, where everything is everything wrong is, is supposed to be right. Oh, I did see a good tweet that was like, apparently Dean Kane never understood what Superman really stood for or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from We're that. Moving on from that, the big news, of course, from Marvel, uh, which Mark Ruffalo accidentally leaked in a tweet, because he's Mark Ruffalo about, you know, Mark Ruffalo, it's either going to be him or um, uh, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yeah. yeah. they're the spoily they're ones. They're the pig mouths. And, and um, he, he accidentally leaked that uh, his best part in um, uh, Avengers Endgame, mm. the upcoming movie, is where he plays Paul Bearer to um, Steve Rogers' coffin. <laughs> and that entire sequence takes a whole hour out of the film. So, you know, I mean, that's pretty good. Anyway, moving on to our uh, first of April news. Yes. <laughs> we have uh, – you were going to say something about Shazam. Oh, it was more I just have a lot of questions, a big pile of questions. A big pile of questions. Because I'm not that familiar. I know, of course, there's the competing – because technically it's Captain Marvel is the name of that character, right? Yeah, no, nah, maybe. It's a, yeah. it's a long trail. We will unpack that when we do something about Captain Marvel. But And I just – 
And yeah, so Shazam, Shazam is coming up. I think it comes out this week, yeah. from what I can tell. It's much more. Um, I saw the trailer for it actually in front of Captain Marvel uh, when I saw it for the second time. It looks a lot more like a a kind of a kidsy buddy comedy kind of thing, right? Yeah, like um, like one of the, like Freaky Friday almost. Uh, yeah, like it's it's a you know fish out of water, kid in an adult body kind yeah. of premise. Yeah. I mean, it looks ridiculous. It has a kid from I haven't looked this up, but I'm pretty sure it's a kid who plays Eddie in It Chapter One. Hmm. Um. I'm just confused by it. <laughs> I I, I'm less confused because I, I grew up, you know. You were familiar. For me, there was Captain Marvel in the serials, in the World War II serials, roughly. Uh, and, and later on, um, we had a, a Shazam television series, I think, in like right. the 70s or the 80s. Uh, and I've read some of the comic books. Basically, it is, um, you want to think about it as an alternative to um, Superman, complete okay. with uh a super family that kind of hung out with him right. and it actually created a lot of tropes for super families as they went along and it's dc of course so and yeah. does he stand for anything stands for nothing he is shazam well that, those actual uh, um letters uh, apply to superheroes and gods from the past okay you know like there's uh, samson hercules uh, wisdom of you know what i mean stuff. none of that Zeus. really came out in the trailer at no, all. No. It really didn't push that whatsoever. And the fresh trailer that I saw uh, yesterday actually yeah. they've dialed back on all of that. Um, it's more of a it's still it's still more qu- a quirky superhero, but they've made it more serious. Okay. Yeah, so they are obviously not too happy with the reaction to that first one. Well, cuz it was goofy. They really played up the goofiness, I think. Yeah. I don't know if if it's if it's goofy and fun. I don't care. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, who I, could tell? It could be. It could could I, be good. I've got no skin in the DC game. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I kid. I kid. Okay. All right. So we should have. That's why we played the Captain Marvel track, of course. Yes. Good. Look at all those segues <laughs> where segue. we're going on. Another uh, film. I just want to give a quick note that's coming out this week that I'm looking forward to is Pet Cemetery. Oh, the remake. The remake. Slash Reboot slash adaptation, whatever they're calling it. Fred Gwynn, who played um, Herman Munster, was in the original Pet Cemetery. Yeah, I actually haven't seen the original Pet Cemetery. I'm familiar uh, with the concept. I actually haven't read the book either. Mm-hmm. But as a big King fan, I'll be interested to see how it goes. And it's actually received good early reviews. Mm. So I'm quite looking forward to that. Um, again, I mean, I'm not sure what, why you would order all these things, but I'm not complaining. No. There's a bit of a renaissance for for horror right now. And speaking of which, I want to... Um, well, this is not really a horrible track. <laughs> the next track we want to play is uh, a Bowie track. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is... Um, the stars are out tonight, and it's from Bowie's Next Day album. Now, the reason why I want to play this is because we're going to talk about Jordan Peele's new mm-hmm. horror movie Us next and so to play this Bowie track if you have to um, you have to go to you know get online and uh, see the original music video for the stars uh, oh. which has um, Tilda Swinton, uh, Swinton <laughs> and David Bowie yes they are two separate people well they were anyway <laughs> oh. uh, and they did this music video where they kind of um, see <sighs> Another couple of who are their doppelgangers. Love it. So, totally see where you're going with this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, space. 
I'm Danny John Jules. I play the cat on Red Dwarf. And I gotta tell you that listening to Zero G is fashionable as wearing knee-length socks with thongs. Zero G, industrial strength sci-fi pum-pum on three triple R. Hmm, there we had a little track there from Mr Bowie. The stars are out tonight from the next day. It's a, a track that's uh, got a lot to do with doppelgangers, and if mm. you've seen the trailer for us, you'll know it's one of those movies where doppelgangers are important. So look out. <laughs> Actually, Bowie has a lot of tracks that are to do with clones the and The dark copies. self. Yeah, he's just all there. Okay, all right. Now, this is um, Jordan Peele's new movie, Us. Mm. Uh, or you could also abbreviate it as US because there's so much social commentary about America in which, it. Which I think is what he does well. We were just saying that he incorporates that so beautifully that I think it becomes part of it, but it's also just a wonderful movie experience, but you take something away from it as well. Mm. Now, Megan hasn't seen this. No. So I... So just because Megan hasn't seen it, <laughs> we'll be spoiler-free. But we generally try and be spoiler-light if we can. I think as well because this one's been getting a bit of hype um, and that kind of trade is just starting to, you know, amp up a bit. And so people might not have had a chance to see it yet or have been meaning to see it and now they really want to. So we don't want to spoil it for mm. you or me. <laughs> it's in its first week too. So. Exactly. So John, Jordan Peele, actor, comedian, writer, director, all mm. those other th- good things. Uh, played an FBI agent in Fargo and is also hosting and creating the latest reboot of the Twilight Zone television series, as well as doing 2017 standout horror movie, Get Out. Yes. Very pumped for Twilight Zone, by the way. I'm hearing some... Um, mixed. Mixed things about it so far, but none that I trust. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. You know I love a good anthology. Mm, mm. Although we weren't quite so keen on... Uh, love, Death, love and Death and Robots. I know. Yeah. Uh, although... Look, just to digress slightly there, it's 18 episodes. There are some good ones. There are some bad ones. Exactly. And I think I didn't I didn't give it its due. I didn't give it enough. Um, but view. something I found out after our review from last week, so many writers in their uh, stories adapted like Alistair Reynolds oh. uh, and Peter F. Hamilton, John Scalzi. Yeah, right. You know, so there's some serious weight in the, um, the story credits for the, some of them at least. Not all of them. I do think it's how you approach it. And mm. you're right. I think it's just a tidbit here or there. Don't binge them. I could just imagine Jordan Peele listening to this saying, what about my film? (laughs) You've got, you digress. (laughs) You digress. Again. I know. Okay. So, well, that's, that's interesting because uh, he actually used a Twilight Zone episode, Mirror Image, Mm. um, as one of the, uh, the inspirations for this particular story, which, uh, God, it could actually even take place in the Get Out universe. Mm. Oh, there's a terrible thought. Um, But this, this story... He's gone for more of a pure horror story with this one, opening it out into a larger world. Yep. And this feels so much on track with, or on trend, let's say on trend, (laughs) with a lot of uh, really good, very clever modern-day horror movies like Cabin in the Woods. Mm. Uh, And you have to mention Get Out as well because he's he's done that, you know. I mean, that was a pivotal um, horror film of, I I think, the last five to ten years. I really think that is exceptional addition to mm, to the genre. Indeed. Uh, and he uh, briefed his um, leading actress, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, for the um, 
the idea that we want to all have a shared sort of horror language. Mm. So he showed her like the birds, the Hitchcock movie. Oh yeah, the Shining. Yep, my fa- uh, some of my faves, to be honest. Dead again. Yeah. I'm not familiar. I'm looking it up. The Sixth Sense. Oh, that's the uh, the Dead Again ones with um, oh. Bruce Willis and. Uh, it's a Kenneth Branagh directed film. Yes. Emma Thompson, Emma Robin Thompson. Williams. Oh, that's the other one. Sorry, I'm thinking yes. of. Um, uh, damn, it's um, never mind. Anyway, we'll go on. The Sixth, <laughs> the sixth Sense, uh, Martyrs, the French um, extreme horror film. Oh yeah. Let the right one in. Yes. And the Babadook, and there's a few other ones that uh, won't go into there. But actually, the film that this reminds me of the most is The Shining. There's a lot of. Um, I definitely need to see moves that. from um, The Shining that I felt, you know, like uh, helicopter shots of um, uh, cars travelling on the road. I saw a couple. I think I saw at least one one point perspective shot. Yeah, a really yeah, pivotal one from the trailer. Um, um, a lot of use of reflections. Oh, yeah, one? okay. And is there any bathroom scenes? What about weird carpet? <laughs> um, I can't actually call that to mind, to tell you the truth. Um, but, you know, they've also looked at other things like uh, the, the other doppelganger movies, um, yeah. like Mungo, for example. Uh, um, there's an Edgar Allan Poe short story called William Wilson, which is also about um, uh, a double relationship mm. sort of thing. So there's uh, a lot, lot going on in there just before you even get onto the screen. And I swear... The moment that this film starts, and this is like, I, and I'm literally talking about, you know, the uh, the opening um, production uh, mm. logo. It's like Monkey's Paw Production, and it's the creepiest bloody <laughs> production logo I've ever seen. It's like this dis- dis- d- detached monkey's paw stirring a drink, a, a teacup. Yeah, that'd be good if it was. Yeah, why would it be good if it was a teacup? Because of Get Out, you know, where she like does the. The teacup thing. I think it is actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I was creeped out from that. Yeah. Right. So you're already on a good wicket in you know, terms I'm of going to be scared. I'm going out. You know, I'm going to take my glasses off and just watch it. <gasps> I do that too. When do you I do that, yeah. If it's getting really <laughs> hectic, I'll like take my glasses off so it's a little blurry. <laughs> Impressionistic. <laughs> it's actually been a while since I've had to do that, so I wonder if when I see this. See, there was a film I saw uh, that I used as a standard for horror, Neil Marshall's The Descent, oh, uh, yeah. which I saw that in... cave one. Yep, and I went home in broad daylight and I was creeped out. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, that's that, that takes something to do that to me. And this one also had me quite significantly creeped out. Oh, okay, that's good news. Uh, let's do the story as... Um, it centres on a family called the Wilsons, uh, which is interesting. You know that Edgar Allan Poe story? That's called William Wilson. Okay. I don't know if there's a link there, but anyway. Um, this, uh, they're a well-to-do African-American family in the mm-hmm. United States, uh, and um, they've got a holiday house in Santa Cruz, yep. in the beach. Uh, you know, so they're, they're not doing too badly. Yeah. Uh, reasonably nice car. They can afford a clapped-out motorboat. <laughs> Yeah, they're the kind of the typical kind of uh, suburban family that you see in those horror things where suddenly things go wrong. Yeah, yeah. They're doing all right. They also have a, a nemesis couple um, who are just <laughs> – they're obnoxious and they're just a little bit further up the social scale. Right, right, A little right. bit richer. They've got the little – they can afford the little bit better. You know, that sort of Is thing. Is that the Elizabeth uh, – Yes. Yeah. yeah we'll get, Moss. We'll Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss, yes. We'll get to them. Okay. Um and uh, but they've got a, a thing, you know. There's a there's a deeper story to their uh, their little family group. So it's uh, mom and pop, 
and a daughter and a son. Okay. Um, they're just kids. They're, 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 you know, they're not... They're quite young. Yeah, they're not, you know, they're not fully grown yet, the kids. Uh, and um, the, this family unit, uh, because it's an African-American family, it represents all sorts of things. Yeah. You know, we could go into that forever. And as Jordan Peele says, he's not putting white people in his main roles because he's seen those movies. Mm. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now... This is the weird logic of um, movies, horror movies in particular. You know, you want to represent, yeah. Um, you know, different ethnicities, religions, all sorts of things. You want you want diversity on the screen. But if you put that into a horror movie, is oh it, yeah, is it the best thing to do to poor people? You no, know, exactly. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's that's just my thought. But then then again, um, you know. Have the right to be terrified, and these people will have that happen to them. Uh, they have got a brilliant cast for this mm. of mostly uh, of some people I've never heard of, but some people who I have. Okay, okay so the mum, uh, Adelaide is her name, Adelaide Wilson, yep. played by uh, Lupita Nyongo, and um, she is also played as a, a younger character as well. So, uh, Madison Curry and Ashley McCoy. Okay. Play, younger versions and they all do great jobs too uh she's a a kenyan mexican actress um i'm not sure which of donald trump's free mexicos she's from (laughs) or fox news uh apparently um trump is cutting aid to free mexican countries (laughs) I'm <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, shaking my head. Yeah. Moving on. Um, she did uh, motion capture for uh, Maz Kanata in the Star Wars um, sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, she's also been uh, Raksha in the Jungle Book, voice for that. She was Nakia in uh, Black Panther. So that's where I know her from, um, essentially right up front. Uh, she's also a writer too. She's um, got a short story, uh, a small book coming out about um, a five-year-old Kenyan girl. Oh, great! Yeah, it was kind of cool. Called uh, Silway. Anyway, um, she is brilliant. She takes this character to areas which I've seldom seen, uh, and it's another one of those roles like Eva Green in uh, Eva Green in. Uh, the uh, the series that Penny Dreadful Penny Dreadful yeah you know, <laughs> where you fear for her sanity and her physical well being okay uh, this is just great in this uh, and uh, her husband Winston Duke what plays, a great name plays Gabe Wilson we know him as Mumbaku in uh, Black Panther yep. the Gorilla King uh, well, not King, King uh, Prince, I suppose we we'll yes. call it Chieftain. Uh, in also, he's in um, Avengers: Infinity War and Avengers: Endgame. We already know he that didn't get snapped. Yes. Oh, spoiler from Infinity Wars. It's ah. been a year now. You know. Yeah, get, get your act together. <laughs> the second act, part's yeah. coming out yeah, in near days. Um, uh, playing uh, Zora Wilson, um, the young girl of the family, mm-hmm. Shahida Wright Joseph. Uh, I should go back to Winston Duke, actually. He does a really good job as the goofy dad. Okay. You know, the, the, the dad that's just a slight embarrassment that's to his family. That's such a dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's really convincing there mm-hmm. and, and also brings some um, some interesting physicality because he's he's quite a big bloke. Yeah. Uh, you'd think he would be the um, the defender of the family yeah. and he is and he isn't. You know, okay. some interesting stuff they play with that. Interesting. Uh, Shahida Wright Joseph plays Zora, uh, and she's been a dancer since the age of two, and it really shows in the way she moves and does the performance mm-hmm. for her character. Uh, she was in The Lion King when she was eight. 
Goodness you know, so me. That new version, I assume. Yeah, on Broadway anyway. Um, Evan Alex plays Jason Wilson. Don't know anything about him. He's the young boy in this. And again, he does a, an absolutely stunning job in his role in this film. Okay. I uh, should mention the, uh, the two um, obnoxious uh, friends, uh, Elizabeth Moff, Moss sorry, and Tim Heidecker. Elizabeth Moss, of course, we know as Zoe Bartlett from The West Wing and also uh, more, more recently Peggy Olsen in Mad Men and, of course, The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Uh, she's not really playing to type in this one. I love knows. that. She's probably like, man, I'm sick of kind of playing, um, you know, uh, characters that are just getting trod on all the time or have horrible things happen to them. Oh, um, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she at least wants to play a feisty version of that, I suppose. Uh, Tim Heidecker is, of course, the uh, one half of the comedy duo Tim and Eric, and we have seen him before variously in Ant-Man and the Wasp and also in um, the the Fantastic Four movie we don't talk about, <laughs> where I think he played Reed Richards' dad or something mm, like that. Um, you know, yeah, we can forget that. Forget that one. <laughs> that's Oh, I didn't realise that's what he was from. Yeah. Okay. doesn't matter. He's not bringing any of that baggage to the table here. Good. He's just being obnoxious, basically. Love it. Uh, and you know that um, things are going to happen to these best oh, friends. Oh, I've seen are, the trailer. They're also on holiday across the la- across the uh, the body of water from um, the Wilsons. Okay. So, you know, there's a, a physical space... Thing going on there as well, um, and basically uh, the Wilsons are on holiday in their little holiday home. Um, when events begin to occur that call to mind um, Adelaide, the mother's uh, previous experience in that area when she was much younger in the nineteen eighties. Okay, you know some bad things happened to her then. You mm-hmm. know, a bit of foreshadowing. <gasps> So okay. I don't want to go too far else into yeah. the plot because I'm, there's too much to give away in it. This film uh, captivated me from the moment I started watching it. Good. Um, That's good news. Right to the end credits yep. where, I, where I'm sitting there waiting to wondering if there's going to be like a Marvel sort of <laughs> thing and I'm the last person left in the cinema and I'm going, oh, my God, I've got to get out of here. Was it tense? <laughs> yes. It looks like it would be very... Very tense. You, there's not much relaxed time. Like in Get Out, there were patches of... Like it was very tense, but there were some relaxed periods. This looks like pretty full on. They ramp it up to Suspiria levels, and I mean the new <laughs> movie. <laughs> uh, Jordan Peele does a lot with a little sometimes. Okay. Um, although there is... ILM does do some of the special effects, which okay. is an interesting thing for me to tell you. Because it says, what's going on in this movie? Is it a little horror movie? Is it a big one? Well, it's got some gear changes. I'll okay. tell you that. It does. From the trailer, it looks like it's a much more kind of hectic venture than Get Out was mm. um, visually and in terms of some of the horror tropes. I was saying that Jordan Peele makes uh, excellent use of reflections in this film. Yeah. Um, right from the first moment when little girls is watching... Um, uh, when Adelaide's character, when she's young, is watching television and you see the faint reflection of herself in the screen, mm. it's almost subliminal. Okay. You'd have to have MTV generation trained eyes to watch it. <laughs> um, and I just managed anyway, somehow. So it was scary? <laughs> yeah. Scary, um, creepy. Um, is it gory? Yeah, it's pretty gory. Okay. <laughs> Not as gory as Santa Clarita Diet, but still pretty gory. Is it as gory as Suspiria? No. Okay, because yes. is pretty full on. He's, he's got this thing, Peel manages to give make it tense and you're afraid that there's going to be a really horrible, gory moment. Okay. 
Uh, Which is as good as kind of because you're so tense. Yeah, it is, exactly. Okay. He knows okay. That, that sometimes it's best to not show everything. Okay. Um, he's also really good at showing – I'll explain in a shot here, some of the things, shots that he d- likes to do. Uh, something's happening inside a house. Mm-hmm. Somebody is observing that from outside the house, mm-hmm. but not from the window, mm. but from about 10 metres back from the window. Oh, yeah. So you, you see something that. and you're not quite sure what – but you go – I don't really want to look closer, so let's stay here. You know, he's really good at that. Anyway, uh, also, this film does a huge amount with simple, odd body English. Okay. Uh, and I really appreciate that. You, you're watching that and you're thinking, did they move that way? That is a really, that's just. Oh, that's unsettling. Yeah, it's very unsettling. Uh, and weird vocalizations, too. Yeah, I saw something about that as well. Mm. Very odd. And again, creepy as hell. Uh, and some great dialogue. Now, I'll spoil one line. It's not a critical line in the film. Okay. Okay. Uh, one of the characters says, says, in that kind of way that mums talk to each other, mm. you, know, um, you know, two mums are hanging out together and um, um, their kids are playing and hear a cry. And one mum, mum will say, oh, that's yours. <laughs> This line is like it, it's, it, it takes that long to say in the film. Yeah. And I'm listening to that and it chilled me to the bone. <laughs> I think, oh, my God. Did she just actually say that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought the ending is actually perfect and it's one of those endings um, people might say, yeah, I could see that coming and that's fair enough because it is telegraphed. But once you get there and you go, oh, well, and then you get out of the cinema and you start thinking back to what you've seen and you go, Oh shit! <laughs> that's really f- that's really flirking horrible. Okay, you know? great. <laughs> um, this film literally focus functions on so many levels uh, of social commentary oh. that you could sit there and, and say we could do half an hour on what mm. it means. Uh, I'm not going to unpack any of that for you, mm. really, uh, apart from, you know, the obvious one that us could be US and there's a lot of stuff in here that feels like it's commenting directly Got upon it. the state of America yeah. at the moment. Well, but there's a lot there. Yeah, there is a lot there. Oh, I'm so intrigued. Okay, cool. Mm. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this one, have which I, I was anyway. Have I piqued your interest without Very giving much. anything away? No, you've been quite good. I'm more intrigued... I'm a little scared, <laughs> but I think, yeah, I mean, it look, sounds like he's done it again, really. And Michael Abels, who did the soundtrack for uh, Get Out, um, has uh, once again contributed what may be, and I mean, it's only March now, so I can't really say, uh, it may be um, the soundtrack, the horror soundtrack of the year. I can't say that for sure, but, you know, March. Uh, it's called Anthem. And listening to this, I got this very, um, almost like a ghost in the shell feel, but slightly different to that. This is China Mieville, author of Perdido Street Station and The Scar, and you're listening to Zero G on 3RRR FM. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, that's a track from us. Jordan Peele's latest horrific i just love that he's you know a comedian and he was quite well known for you know his stuff with key and peel and then he's like surprise i've made all these horrible uh you know 
socially incisive films for you to be f- freaked out by. Michael Abe was that it. soundtrack, as he did forget out. Yeah, I just uh, it, the zero G rating on this one is like you know out of the yeah nah or maybe it's like oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> Uh, okay, now, and actually, I don't know how long it'll last because it's playing in, uh, when I saw it, was playing in a Europa cinema. Um, okay. So it's not in the big main ones. It doesn't need to be in the big main cinema, but... It's definitely one to try and see at the cinema, though, Yeah, I go, and, go and see it. You know, it's just, it is a, a great horror movie. One of the, one of a number of really good horror movies I've seen in the past decade. There's been a lot of good stuff coming out. They are, they are kicking ghouls. <laughs> Ghouls. <laughs> We've uh, horror movies recently, I feel. Okay, now um, we will go over a David Bowie track, We Shall Go to Town, which is, again, uh, judiciously selected to riff off the uh, the horror motifs included in um, Us. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't tell you why, apart from you can go and read about We Shall Go to Town and see hmm. why. This is uh, the one that I wanted to play uh, at the end of the show today. Uh, now, um, also before we go, I just have a quick mention that it's the 40th anniversary of Alien. Oh, yeah, of course. And 40 years. 40 years of screaming in space, Great. even though no one can hear you. <laughs> uh, 20th Century Fox and Tongle, which is a crowdsourced studio, have um, they've got this online video platform that they fund. Uh, and they've done a little bunch of fan films, the first one of which has dropped. This one's called... It's, well, there's one called Containment, mm-hmm. and it's nine minutes long, and cool. it's just this neat little alien sort of vignette by a guy called Chris Readings, who's written and, and uh, directed it. Uh, you can find that online pretty much yeah. on practically anywhere. It's about uh, a lifeboat from a larger starship that's been destroyed during a xenomorph outbreak. There are five survivors on board, only four mm. of them who are human. God. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I'd even want to be a survivor. Sometimes what they go through is just worse than if you just get sucked out of a, a you know, the yeah. ripped open side of the spaceship. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you'd just you'd self-destruct the ship on, you know, look at a xenomorph on board. Oh, no. As soon as you hear, like, a weird scuttling sound, it's just Although now I want to see Goose or uh, Chewie, as we know him in the Marvel Comics universe, yes. the Flurkin versus Xenomorphs. Oh, I, my money's on the Flurkin. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, We Shall Go to Town is our uh, David Bowie track Excellent. on the outer. Joe Brunetic coming up next with Astral Glamour. And next week we have? Yes, hopefully next week we will have a little interview with a couple of the cast members from Harry Potter and the Cursed Child stage play. So um, if you are interested in hearing a bit more of behind-the-scenes action without any spoilers, tune in next week for Zero G. Shh, it's a kind of magic. Thanks, Megan. Thank you, Rob. You have been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at rrr.org.au. 